Hi, I'm Willow Belden, and you're listening to Out There, the podcast that explores big questions through intimate stories outdoors. Today, we have a special guest episode for you. It's from the podcast She Explores, which shares stories of women and their varied relationships with the outdoors. She Explores is hosted by Gail Straub, and it covers topics ranging from solo adventures to environmental justice to new motherhood and more, all through the voices and experiences of inquisitive nature lovers. The story you're going to hear today is about fear and leadership in the mountains. Gail Straub has the story. For me, it was really a fear-based progression, but I started the season just being so afraid. Like we would go out on our weekend outings and I would be like crying halfway up a mountain being like, I'm not doing this again next weekend. Like I refuse to come back out here next weekend. I'm going to be sick. Like that's what I would tell myself. And then middle of the week, I would like start to forget a little bit how terrible it was. And then somehow like next weekend would roll around and I would be back out in the mountains just hating it. They say, like, good mountaineers have really short memories. That's, like, a thing I think that people think. But anyway, the end of the class came, and we did our grad climb, and I climbed Kolshin without any fear. And it was, yeah, I just got to the top and had this realization that I hadn't been scared even one time. It was a hugely transformative moment for me to realize, like, how much you can grow through this just a couple of months. How many times have we been told the story of the fearless leader? In work, in politics, in the mountains? When the stakes are high, it's natural to place our confidence in strength and certainty, to turn to the leader and believe that they have no doubt, that they've built up a kind of resilience that will carry us all to safety. Today's episode isn't about how to become a fearless leader in the mountains, nor is it about how to overcome your fear or even how to harness it. But it is about listening to what fear is trying to teach us. And it's an opportunity to consider what kind of leader you'd want to be. Lindsay Falkenberg reached out to me to share her experience leading a mountaineering course in 2019. You might recognize her from an episode earlier this season about her decision not to through hike the Continental Divide Trail this year. Lindsay called her experience leading a mountaineering course powerful a time when she had the opportunity to learn about herself, both as a leader and as a woman. Before we dive in, Lindsay helped me make a distinction between hiking and mountaineering. You know, a lot of people come into the mountaineering course that I instruct, Bow Alps, having hiked a lot, and they want to take that next step, and they want to get out in the mountains when there isn't just a clear trail to take. And so I think the biggest difference, you know, when you're hiking, you are on a trail walking through the woods or the desert or whatever your landscape is. And when you're mountaineering, you're really getting off that trail onto either snow or I think typically we think of it as climbing up through snow and you're you're picking routes or lines to climb in order to summit something. Lindsay first learned how to mountaineer five years ago when she took a class through Bow Alps, a mountaineering club in Seattle. But after that beginner course, there's still a whole lot more to learn. 
oftentimes you you do your first year as a student and then folks come back to instruct. It's really common for people to come back and instruct. And we have a couple of different levels of instructors. So usually your first year when you come back, you're a junior instructor um, and you could be a junior instructor for up to two years. And juniors are really, in many ways, glorified students, very focused on cementing their skills and learning how to teach their skills. That's like a big part of what juniors are doing in the field. Through like a series of tests and just observation by other instructors, you become an associate instructor. Um, if you've like passed certain milestones in your climbing experience. And then after you become an associate instructor, you can become a senior instructor. Again, usually requires you to like learn how to trad climb or take your airy like avalanche safety awareness course or have a wilderness first responder. So you kind of start to have to like build your climbing resume in order to move up through the instructor structure. And then out of that pool of seniors and also associates, I think people are asked to become leads. And so the entire class, you know, we bring in about 60 students every single year and have a ton of instructors and then eight leads because there are eight teams every single year. Lindsay followed this path, acting as an instructor in 2017 and 2018, honing her skills. The next year, in 2019, Sarah, the chief instructor, asked Lindsay to step up and act as a lead for the course. I was definitely not sure that I wanted to do it. I felt highly underqualified to be a lead considering I had taken the class only a number of years beforehand. I hadn't been an instructor for all that long, and it was very intimidating to me. I had a lot of that imposter syndrome going on where I was like, I, I don't know if I'm ready for this. But ultimately, I feel like I'm pretty outspoken about needing more female leadership in BOABs and needing more female instructors at the at the senior and lead level. And in the end, it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, Lindsay, like you you can't constantly ask for that. And then when you get the opportunity to step in up and do it, say no. So so yeah, I definitely was like, well, time to walk the walk and just do the thing that that I'm always asking for. Lindsay ended up being the only female lead that season. In certain ways, that made her unique skills more salient as she looks back. It's, you know, it's so interesting. Mountaineering is such a technical sport. There are so many skills that you have to know and you have to know them really, really well. And that was what I felt nervous about bringing to the table because I hadn't been mountaineering that long. I hadn't gone and done all these like big objectives. You know, I'd like just started trad climbing. I was really like worried about the technical skills that I was going to bring to the table. And sure enough, a lot of what the eight leads have a meeting before all the other instructors arrive on Wednesday nights. And a lot of those meetings are about really getting down to like brass tacks on like, do we really need to extend the rappel? Where should we put the like auto block? You know, like a lot of these like very technical questions. And those conversations definitely had me feeling very outside of my comfort zone. But I I think what I really learned through the experience was that there are a lot of other things that I could bring to the table that provided really strong leadership for my students and my instructors on my personal team and provided a really different perspective in those leads meetings around inclusivity and, you know, servant style leadership and fear and just, yeah, you know, all the all the things that I think. I was bringing from more of a soft skills perspective, I think we're ultimately really valuable to the larger group. And I'm glad that I had the opportunity to to be in that room and kind of voice a different perspective. A BOALPS basic mountaineering course 
lasts about three to four months, starting in February and ending in June. You'll learn in the classroom as well as in the field. What was the first outing? We do these clinic-style outings before we get put on our teams, but our first team outing is this outing to Stevens Pass, and we we don't really climb a mount. I mean, we summit this like tiny little mountain on that climb, but that's only for them to like work on some different rope travel skills. But that whole outing is really focused on basically snow travel. Like, how do you kick steps? How do you plunge step? How do you do ice axe arrest, these like very basic skills that we need them to know before we can take them up anything more challenging. And I love that outing because the students know nothing. Like they, they, it's so cool to see. They don't know how to walk on snow. You know, they, they flounder up a mountain, they flounder back down. And even through the course of that one outing, you can see them progress and learn a lot. As a leader, Lindsay loves to think about how her students will feel at the end of the course. She reflects back to the end of her first course, when she pushed through fear and felt the accomplishment of standing on top of Mount Colshin. This is why I loved being an instructor and why I really loved being a lead, because you really get to see where people start. And because you've been through the class so many times, you know where they're going to finish. And it's so inspiring to see them on that first outing and think like, Oh my God, like a couple of months from now, you're going to be summiting Colshan. You're going to be climbing a giant mountain in Washington with crevasses and you're going to have your crampons on and it's just going to be so far from where you are right now. And I just think that's so cool. When Lindsay thinks about the 2019 season, a couple of students stand out. One is Ashley. Ashley... Definitely, we started off the year and I was like, oh, this chick is awesome. She's just like super spunky and sassy and just brought this like really fun energy to the group. I just like loved immediately she was on our team. And on our second outing, um, which is the outing is really focused on navigation. Um, We climbed Kendall Peak up in the Snoqualmie area and Ashley and I... I think I saw a lot of myself in Ashley, but she actually was coming into the class really in a different place than I came into the class when I was a student. She came into the class with a lot of demons around mountaineering and around climbing and around fear. She'd had some like legitimately really scary experiences that would that would put anybody in this kind of very delicate headspace. But you don't have to take it from Lindsay. I got in touch with Ashley last winter. Okay, got it. Yes, there are headphones. Okay, great. Well, I'm recording. You sound fantastic. So <laughs> what initially attracted you to learning how to mountaineer? Um, so I got into it by accident. <laughs> I was uh, I was traveling in Guatemala, and I decided to go hike this volcano with some friends. And so I did this big hike and was feeling pretty great about myself because I was like, wow, I just climbed 5,000 feet in the rain and I slept overnight and I was totally unprepared and I survived. Okay, what challenge can I take on next? And I had moved to Seattle in July of, I think, 2017. And I was like, oh, I know, I'll just go and hike up Mount Rainier because that's what I thought. I thought Mount Rainier was like a big hike, just in snow, because you could see snow from the city. (laughs) Uh, So I signed up to climb with RMI. And then at one point I was like, oh, I should probably look at this gear list. 
I started to realize, oh, this wasn't a hike. This was something completely different, something that required an ice axe. And I was like, what is this sport? <laughs> Anyways, at that point, I had signed up to climb Mount Rainier. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. Like, I just have to take it one step at a time is like what I read on a blog. So I was like, all right, I can do this. So that's what basically got me into the world of mountaineering. One step at a time. That's an often used phrase in the outdoors. But sometimes it's just not that easy. I asked Ashley what her expectations were going into the Bow Alps class. It turns out her expectations were colored by the experience she had climbing Mount Rainier. Uh, honestly, I was a little like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this course. <laughs> so on Rainier, we would get up to Camp Mirror and it's like pretty good. It's just like a long hike. And then you put on crampons and you start getting into like glacier terrain. And I was like, oh, my God this glacier stuff is just, it's too much. It's like, I felt like my body was like in like, I don't know, shock for 12 hours. Cause that's how long it took from Camp Mirror up to the summit and back. I remember it was at Ingram Flats and I was talking to the guide and he was like, I was like, oh, I just can't wait to get to Camp Mirror. And he's like, yeah, well, like you still have to descend 4,500 feet. And I'm like, yes, JT, but if I fall, I don't fall to my death. I fall on snow and it's fine. I just get back up. And so going into the course, I was already a little hesitant because I was like, I don't I don't know what I'm going to do when I get lowered into a crevasse. I don't know how I'm going to handle that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to even get lowered in. But I was like, OK, just take it class by class. And, you know, once we get into the glacier, like we'll figure it out. And so that's kind of like what my expectation going in uh, to the class was that I was already kind of like hesitant I was excited. I was hoping, okay, maybe like, you know, I'll get over this hurdle and I'll just find this love for mountaineering that so many people enjoy. Ashley first went out with Lindsay as a lead on that trip to Stevens Pass. She was just very relatable. The kind of person that like, I definitely went home and like went on Instagram and was like, oh my God, I want to see every picture and every <laughs> post. I want to see what she does because she's just great easy to talk to. And I could see like, I think throughout the class, like the difficulty of managing different levels. Some people that are just like, oh, this is super easy that they lead rock climb and just don't have any fear. And then there's other people that you're like, oh man, uh, you know, that person's struggling, like just like very different levels on the team. And I think she struggled, but also manage the team very well. Um, I could see her like kind of trying to put everyone together and um, I don't know, just make everyone feel comfortable with voicing their opinions. And I don't know, just like a really good positive female role model that I was really happy to be around. Lindsay was a level-headed, comforting presence who balanced the needs of a whole group with a smile. But that fear that she'd felt as a first-year student it didn't totally go away. More on fear and leadership after the break. Hey, it's Willow. It's finally winter, and that means I'm out on skis a lot. I really love winter, and I really love skiing. If you enjoy skiing too, check out our sponsor, Powder 7. 
Powder 7 is a full-service ski shop and online retailer based in Golden, Colorado. They have a classic ski shop vibe with the conveniences, fast shipping, and great prices of a leading online retailer. Powder 7 only sells ski gear, and they do it year-round. The folks who work there are avid skiers, and they really know skiing. If you need help selecting the right ski for you, Powder 7 has you covered. They carry skis, bindings, boots, helmets, goggles, and all the other gear you need for both downhill and alpine touring. And they do custom boot fittings, too. Shop online at powder7.com and feel free to call or email their team of experts. That's powder7.com. We're back. Before the break, I was talking to Ashley about the confidence Lindsay imparted as a leader on the mountain. But I had to ask Lindsay. Fear still creeps in, though. It's not like it magically went away that last <laughs> that, that last <laughs> summit. No, absolutely not. I um, I think, you know, when I was asked to be a lead, one of the things at first that, that made me think I couldn't do it is because I'm still afraid a lot of the time. And maybe it's because I, I climb with a lot of guys and they don't seem to ever be afraid. And I'm very vocal about my fears that it maybe it just feels like I'm afraid a lot of the time because of the comparison. But I, I am definitely still afraid when I go out into the mountains. And at first I thought that that was going to make me a bad lead. I was like, I can't be a lead. I'm, I'm just as scared as they are, you know. But I definitely came to realize that it was actually, it could be a huge benefit to myself and to my students if I could be vulnerable about it. Because I think I could have used that when I was a student, just knowing that someone who I admired and respected and looked up to and who seemed like really confident actually was also afraid that can buoy a team, you know, or it can buoy a person who's really having a hard time. Lindsay saw this play out on the mountain, which brings us back to Ashley, who felt challenged by overwhelming fear in the mountaineering course. And if you haven't felt that kind of fear in the mountains, you'll hear its impact in Ashley's voice. On Kendall Peak, our third climb, I like broke down. I just, even thinking about it, I'm still breaking down. Mm. Uh, Sorry. It's okay. Okay. Anyways. um, Yeah, I just like broke down and um, she just like walked me through everything and was just there and was really empathetic. And I think she could relate a lot to like the fear that I was feeling Apparently, like, steep slopes just really get me. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I don't know how I'm going to get off this thing. And I remember her. I was doing, like, an arm rappel down. And she was just, like, literally walking down with me. Like, she was plunge stepping. And I was just, like, on the arm rappel. She was just, like, talking me through and just, like, asking me, like, oh, so, like, what else do you like to do for fun? And then she was telling me about how she did the Pacific Crest Trail and the Appalachian Trail and just trying to, like, not let me focus on the fact that I was like on a rope in like a very steep area that like at the end was like a cliff so I think she could relate because she like told me she was like yeah I before was very afraid of this and she like really conquered her fear with mountaineering and so I think she really tried to help me get over that fear and could really relate and so on Kendall, and, and I think also up at Stevens, there was some steep snow. And, and I think that 
definitely really scared her and and was hard for her. And on Kendall, I could see she was uncomfortable. And, and you know, I think we did our best to have an instructor with her and really coaching her through the skills and, and helping her feel safe and comfortable. But ultimately, she and I ended up having like a a pretty like intense conversation on that outing where she really shared with me like what she was bringing to the table in terms of her previous experiences and and what was kind of stuck in her craw and really kind of weighing her down and and that was kind of the beginning of this back and forth conversation that she and I had where she would be like I'm afraid and I'd be like I was also afraid but look where I am now you can do this like and and you know to me that was like that was my nugget that I had that maybe other people didn't have was that I had fear and I could empathize and I still was afraid and but I was like pushing through and that fear you didn't need to like overcome your fear to mountaineer you just had to learn how to manage it and that was like a conversation that I that she and I had a lot and a point I really tried to get across to her basically every week I would get an email or a text from her being like I don't think I can do it this weekend and I'd be like yes you can like we're gonna do this together it's going to be okay, you know, and we, we would talk through the whole thing again. Uh, Lindsay's just like the type of person that you just immediately like feel comfortable and just feel like, let me tell you my life story. <laughs> um, and so I just like completely opened up to her about like, I had been in this like accident in the enchantments the previous year. And so uh, I had a lot of, I wasn't in the accident, my friend was. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of guilt and just a lot of pent up things. And so Lindsay just like really helped me, I don't know, just talk through it. And uh, she listened and at the end, I don't know, just really made me feel like it was okay. And like, I could feel what I was feeling. When did you realize that the course wasn't something that you wanted to continue with? Uh, well, actually, so at Kendall Peak, I was like, I don't think I'm going to come back. And she was like, give it another like class, like give it another shot. But the main word that the main phrase that like kind of stood with me was like, don't quit on a bad day. That's what she told me. So I was like, okay, all right. I just can't quit on a bad day. I just have to keep coming back. And so the moment I knew that this, the class just like wasn't for me was on the summit of Mount St. Helens. So I had for, uh, we had a week off, I think for Easter and a couple friends and I went and we did Mount St. Helens and there was times when I was scared on Mount St. Helens, but it was a different kind of feeling. It was like I, something I could push through. And then I got to the top and I just like looked at my friends and I was like, yeah, I'm done with flops. Like I can't, I, I'm done. Like this, this, what I did today was like, where my boundaries are and I enjoyed it. I'm happy. I'm smiling. But like when I do bulb stuff, it's just too much. I don't look forward to it. I have to wake up super early, which I don't mind doing when I go and do something I love. But like when you're waking up that early to go do something, you're terrified to then as you're doing it, you're terrified. And then when you get off, you're terrified. And then when you get back to the car, you're like, Oh God, okay, I survived, but you're not. I never felt that like joy that I felt um, in the outdoors. And so that's the moment when I was like, okay, I'm done. This class just isn't for me. I was having this really hard time where I wanted to respect her and her ability to know herself and her ability to know when enough was enough. And I also wanted to push her to finish the class. 
And so that was really hard for me to to finally be like, okay, like if you don't, I'm not, not going to force you to go into the mountains. Like you don't have to be a mountaineer. It's totally fine. But it was, it was definitely really hard for me. And I think part of what was hard was that it felt like this was like the one thing that I was like, ooh, if I can figure out how to like leverage my experience with fear to help other people who are afraid, that's a powerful tool. And the fact that it didn't work was was really hard for me. And I just sucked. I was like, darn it, like, this is the thing that I had. And and I wasn't, I, I don't know if it was that I, it was never going to work to use it with Ashley, or if I didn't do it correctly, like if there was a better way that I could have leveraged that experience to help her or what. But it was definitely really, really hard for me. And of course, everybody was like, Lindsay, this is not your fault. You know, like, everybody's on their own path in the mountains, but it, it definitely felt to me uh, like I could have maybe done more at the time. So so what would success have looked like to you? I mean, yeah, I think success would have looked like, I guess what I went through, like it would have looked like her at some point going on a climb and being like, oh, I wasn't afraid, you know, or just like having worked through um, her fear in a way where she recognized where she had been at the beginning and where she ended and that there had been growth. Like to me, that is success is just is recognizing your own growth. And I, I, I honestly think she did recognize her own growth. And like she because when she started the class and when she ended the class, there was a lot there was a big growth there. And, and so maybe finishing the class is not necessarily what success looks like. I don't think it's necessary to finish the class. But I, I do. You know, Gail, that's a really good question because maybe success is just her figuring out what matters to her. And so she was successful probably in many ways. She like made a decision and her decision was that it wasn't worth it, you know? And maybe that is, that's success. Yeah, I think that probably is success. Sometimes leadership is letting go of your own expectations of what a student should want. Ashley had stood on the top of Mount St. Helens and found joy in being there. Rather than pushing her limits, she listened to them. I don't know, just like, I like taking on challenges, but I I think after this Boalps thing, I'm kind of like, okay, like, you don't necessarily have to do every challenge, just try to find things that you enjoy. We'll hear from another of Lindsay's mountaineering students who had an entirely different take on Lindsay's leadership style after this. We're back. When when you said that you felt that you were more vocal than like male climbing partners, how does that come out? And how does it come out when you're a lead? Like what what does that sound like? When I'm climbing with my peers, it comes out in that I just really vocalize what's what's freaking me out. Like, hey, what do we think about this snow slope? Seems a little unstable. Or like, there's rockfall evidence over there. How does everybody feel about that? Like, I think I just really like to like have the conversation about things. And I want everybody to know that I'm afraid, which I think is really important. This is that idea of heuristics, like that, you know, we should all be voicing like, what are our internal assumptions or what's going on in our heads and in our bodies when we're out in the mountains so that we're all on the same page? Because sometimes if you are assuming something 
about somebody else like, oh, my climbing partners aren't scared, therefore everything must be all right because I trust them and I think they're good in the mountains, that can get you into a lot of trouble. And so I'm like of the mind of like, we should just be really vocalizing how we all feel all the time while we're out here so that no one is assuming anything about anybody else. I think that's really important. And I definitely like brought that to my team. You know, I, I really wanted everybody to be vocal and to be speaking out loud what their thoughts were, which was good, I think, in a lot of ways. And I tried to model that behavior by talking out like, you know, like, hey, here's this objective hazard that we're seeing. Here's why I think it feels safe right now. Or here's why it makes me feel a little bit afraid and nervous. And here's how we're going to manage that risk, you know. Um, and I think we saw that play out in a lot of cool ways. We had this climb later in the season up to um, Unicorn, which is in the Tatouche range near down by Mount Rainier by Tahoma. And the students, you know, there's this like pretty steep gully and they all were like, why is this safe? You know, like this makes us nervous. We don't like it. And it was a great learning opportunity for those of us who have taken our airy course and understand avalanche conditions to be like, yeah, totally. You like see a steep snow slope and you think danger. That's good because that's your level of experience right now. Here's what we're seeing through our eyes, which have more knowledge than yours do. And, and let us explain why this feels safe to us and why we are not afraid. And I think that ability to be vocal and create a space in which people can really easily ask questions and not feel belittled or demeaned, that creates an environment in which everybody can really learn from each other and continue to calibrate their fear to the situation that they're in. I love that. You know, the stereotype around fear is that it's, it puts you into like a paralysis mode. But mm -hmm, for, mm -hmm. for you in teaching and in being a mountaineer, it is something that often propels you forward. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah, I think it can be really an, an incredibly valuable emotion. Some of what Lindsay learned about fear and leadership came to her throughout the course. And some of it came to her after. Imposter syndrome snuck in. She worried at times that her fear showed through in a way that was detrimental to her students. So she was pretty surprised by the reaction Kristen, the next student we'll hear from, had to her leadership style. Kristen was a really good climber, like her skill level and her fitness, everything. She just was a good climber. So I think in many ways that caused me to just be like, she's fine. She's doing great. Look at her. She's like rocking this. Kristen is a mother of three who took the course with her husband. She shared with me that though she had to spend time away from her kids to complete the course, in a lot of ways she was doing it for them, to show them what was possible despite fear. So the reason I did this class was because of fear. So I going into it, um, I was afraid of exposed heights. My hands would sweat. I'd get kind of panicky feeling. I was definitely afraid of crevasses. I would really wanted to go to Mount Rainier, but I knew that there were giant crevasses up there and I didn't know how to deal with that. I hate being cold. <laughs> there were just a lot of things. And that is the reason I did this class because I did not want fear and anxiety to dictate my yeses and nos in life. I want to make choices based on what sounds amazing, what sounds interesting. And I don't want to be limited by what what my fear says. And so that's the reason I did this class. And every day, um, every outing, I was leaning into that fear. So in one way or the other, I was way out of my comfort zone. So it really stretched me in that. And I think that that's ultimately what I took away from it was the ability to really face fear in the face and lean into that and just kind of watch that crumble um, with, with practice. 
Kristen gravitated towards Lindsay's leadership style. My first outing in Bow Alps, all the instructors were there. And I just remember seeing some of the male instructors and seeing them interact with students and just kind of seeing a little bit of arrogance, not all of them, but just in a few, seeing more of a dictatorial leadership style. And then I remember I seeing Lindsay at one of the stations and she just made everything really fun and accessible. And we just felt like everyone was included and encouraged at that station. And I just remember seeing her and thinking, oh, that would be really cool if we had her as an instructor and thinking that if some of these other guys were our our instructors, I would probably feel a little more intimidated and maybe not thrive as well under that kind of leadership. So I was really pleased to see that we were placed with Lindsay's group and she's just really confident, um, but not arrogant. She just lets everybody have a seat at the table. She let everybody kind of have a say in trip planning, even If our ideas were kind of out of the box, she included everybody's thoughts and allowed everybody to have a say. She didn't try to control the group or the situation, and she was really calm under pressure. We had a few situations where she needed to do some decision-making, and she did really well and was really calm because you can't control everything that happens in the mountains. There's a lot of things that can go wrong, and she was just really level-headed, which was a really good thing that helped make us all feel really safe. Kristen's impressions of Lindsay in the mountains ran counter to the fact that Lindsay still felt fear as a leader. After we had climbed Colshan, after the grad climb, we were back at the cars and doing kind of our final reflection about the class. And she shared, she shared that she'd read my Instagram post that I'd put up right before our grad climb, where I had shared again, like, this was such a big experience for me. And I I had been so fearful as a student and kind of overcome all this fear. And I still felt afraid in the mountains, but it was so different now. And I'd had a reflection on my own fear experience. And she she basically, during this reflection was like, you know, I read that. And I was kind of surprised because I had no idea you were ever afraid. You strike me as like totally unflappable and confident at all times. (laughs) And I was like, what? And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. You felt like that? And then I was kind of wish she would have told us that before because that's how I felt most of it. I mean, I wasn't crying, but on the inside, sometimes I felt like I was crying. And so it just really surprised me. So I guess it was a good lesson on when you continually push into your fear, what can happen? And you can still you can still be a good leader and you can still do these things. And a good, healthy amount of fear is probably a good thing, too. And it was that moment where I was like, oh, right. I was super vulnerable with certain people on the team who I felt like needed it. But when I think about how I was for the rest of the team, I I probably was projecting like complete confidence because for one, I felt like my instructors, I wanted my instructors to see me that way. I wanted them to respect me and to trust me. And like, I wanted to be like a pillar of strength for them. And I wanted to be that for my students too. And I also think actually being in the mountains with students and being in charge of a team did help me overcome other fears that I had had been unable to work at in the past simply because I like had to be in charge. You know, it really kind of forced me into that position of responsibility where I I had really no other option but to be like calm and collected mm-hmm. at all times, you know. So it was really interesting to hear that reflected in her comment. And she the way she said it, she wasn't like 
And she was like, you know, and that was helpful. It was like, I always really trusted you and um, looked up to you because you were so confident. But she she also said, she was like, you know, it would have been nice for me sometimes to know that you were afraid. Um, and it was just that really good reminder for me that like, I think vulnerability is always a virtue. You know, I think it always reflects well on you as a leader and onto the people that you're leading when you're vulnerable with them and honest with them about how you're feeling. And it's, it's just funny that you can learn those things at like any time. You know, I learned that on like the last day that we were a team. <laughs> and uh, I will definitely like carry that forward with me into the future. Yeah, because there are these conceptions that we have of what it means to be a leader, like what it means to be in charge. And I'm sure that is amplified in the mountains. Oh, yeah. No, it's so true. So what does it mean to be a leader? Well, it depends who you are. It depends who you're leading. We really do ourselves a disservice by thinking that there's just one way to do it. From what I can see for Lindsay, it means leading with empathy, listening to her students and taking their opinions into consideration. It means knowing she doesn't have it all figured out and not pretending to either. It means making tough decisions. It means being afraid sometimes. I mean, my fear still creeps in all the time. It's there constantly. And I don't even think that's a bad thing. I think it makes me more risk adverse and more careful and, and just more aware of my surroundings in the mountains because my fear is kind of there talking to me. And, and if I can figure out how to listen to it when I need to and also how to kind of quiet it when I need to um, be focused on other things, I think it can be a really powerful tool. 2015 was Lindsay's first grad summit as a student, when she forgot to be afraid. Four years later, as a lead atop Mount Colshan, she found herself with a whole new perspective. Oh man, you know what's funny is, I remember vividly what it looked like when I was a student. It was like the most gorgeous, like the sun was just coming up and it was golden, like everything was like yellow. It was so beautiful. I literally cried. It was so beautiful. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But honestly, when we summited Kulshan as a lead, all I could see was my students and like how tired they all were and like stoked. And I like that was all I could look at was like my team. I was just so proud of them. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely like I don't even remember. I like don't remember what what anything looked like that day except for except for them. And maybe that's a bit of what leadership is all about, too. That was Gail Straub, the host of She Explores. This story first aired on Gail's show back in 2020, and we're so grateful that she's letting us re-air it for you on Out There. If you enjoyed the story, check out She Explores wherever you get your podcasts or at she-explores.com. That's she-explores.com. This episode featured Lindsay Falkenberg, Ashley Abril, and Kristen Jones. Additional music is licensed through Musicbed. In case you missed our last few episodes, I wanted to let you know that Out There has a brand new season coming up starting on February 3rd. We'll be releasing a trailer for the season next week to give you a sneak peek at what's ahead, so stay tuned for that. 
A big thank you to Alana Mugden, Abby Jackson, Adam Milgram, Phil Tim, Doug Frick, Tara Jocelyn, and Deb and Vince Garcia for their financial contributions to Out There. If you'd like to support the show, just go to outtherepodcast.com and click the support tab. That's it for this episode. Our advertising manager is Jessica Taylor. Our audience growth director is Sheba Joseph. Kara Schaefer is our print content coordinator. Our ambassadors are Tiffany Duong, Ashley White, and Stacia Bennett. And our theme music was written by Jared Arnold. Happy New Year, and we'll see you next week.